Welcome to Four Down Territory. As Stick and Mike take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Slareth and Evans kicking it off with First Down. All right, good morning, everybody. Mark, live from Radio Row in Vegas. I'm back here. <laughs> the, uh, the avalanche, that, that one last night stung because... After that slow start, they tie the game up 3-3. They seem to have all kinds of momentum. They are absolutely dominating New Jersey, outshooting them at one point 17-2 in the uh, third period. It just felt like inevitable that they were going to get the game-winning goal or at least go into overtime and be assured of a point, but it didn't happen. A bit of a breakdown, miscommunication, left a guy open, down low. Uh, Devils score with about two and a half minutes left. Get the empty netter. They win five to three. Now, whereas uh, Jared Bednar kind of hinted that the long layoff was a, a valid excuse for their performance against the Rangers the other night, not so much last night. There's no excuses. Like the, every team's coming off the break, doing their thing. It's it's hard to get back in the groove. Sometimes is a little. You can be a little rust with the execution. Um, shouldn't hurt the. Uh, effort and competitiveness that you're going to play with, right? Like, these are important points. So, um, some of it will come. Some of it we've got to go to work on. Yeah, I was willing to give them a, a pass for the, the Ranger performance, but uh, that that 60-minute hockey game, that they're still dealing with these lapses and, and, and a lot of slow starts. Boy, we, we saw it last year in the playoff series against Seattle, where, which I'm very worried about, by the way. Yes, the um, Kraken series is going to... And Seattle scored the first goal in all those games, and you're constantly working uphill. And while the Avalanche have led the league in third-period comebacks, they've led the league in third-period comebacks. You know, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a, a downside to all of that. Right. So uh, this is still a team that if you're going through the to-do list between now and the playoffs... Getting out to some quicker starts is is certainly uh, one of the top ones. Yeah, that would be a huge. That would be. A, I mean, obviously huge. And and then playing, you know, every period would be big. And then I, has anybody checked on Gorgie? I mean, after that incredibly tough, uh, you know, overtime loss the other night, I'm sure that he had to spend at least the rest of the next day in an oxygen tank right, somewhere, all trying to recover because you cannot ass. play. Two, you can't play back to back. I promise the you. Love of I, pro- I promise you. They have what? They have about thirty games left in the season. Mm-hmm. I, I promise you, he will play probably. Uh, I, I would cons- I would say probably. I don't know. I'll put the over under at uh, twenty two and a half. How about that? Of thirty two. Of of about thirty games left. Oh, so you got to take eight nine games off. I hope. They're traveling with one of those, uh, you know, one of those uh, IV. You know how you, oh you get drunk in Vegas and there's an IV bus rolling around and you just sit on the bus B-12 and get an shots. IV. Yeah, B12 <laughs> shots. I, I hope, I hope, because otherwise he's just not going to make it. Oh, my goodness. Second down. Miles Wood going back to play in New Jersey against his old team. For sure it felt weird, yeah. Uh, it was the first time I ever... Um, played against them. So, um, you know, I still know a lot of the staff over there, a lot of the guys. So um, it was great to see them, but unfortunately, they win. Yeah, let's see. Uh, no goals, no assists, a minus one, three shots on goal in about 15 minutes of ice time. 
That'll show him. Yeah. Well, he got the video tribute, though. He did get a video I mean, tribute. Maybe they buttered him up. You know, maybe that's maybe that's what hockey's all about in, in basketball. You butter them up, and you don't get their best effort. You make them feel good, like, gosh, we miss you. Wish you were here. It wasn't you. It was us. You know, that type of thing. And then the guy comes out and takes a dump in his, you know, his breezers. <laughs> Where'd it go? Yeah. Where do you use... Way to use a hockey term. Way to use, I'm kind of a hockey way guy. Way to now. use the breezers. Way to yeah, go, man. I'm a hockey guy. That's, that yeah. was good. I All just right. am not happy about the overall softness of the abs right now. Uh oh. Bednar did. might hear from me. I'm sure he Johnny, did. give me Johnny, put <laughs> Bednar on my list right now. Put him on. Get Bednar. Get him on the phone now. Third down. College hoops last night at uh Moby Arena. CSU beats Boise State uh, 75-62, one of those uh, top of the Mountain West Conference. Let's see who the big boy is. And the uh, Rams get the win 75-62. Nico Medved's team has won three in a row in climbing in conference play. But I haven't really been peeking. Oh, where do we stand in the league and all that? The league's so good. I mean, there's going to put multiple teams in the NCAA tournament, and, and, and deservedly so. But um, I know it sounds like a cliche, but we're better when we're just focused on being where our feet are. And that's coming back and getting ready for San Jose. Yeah, they still got some work to do. This is a, this is a conference that will get multiple bids, but... You know, you got you got new you got New Mexico, San Diego State, Utah State. They're all ranked right now. You got uh, Boise State that that's still on top of the conference. You got CSU at six and four. You got a pretty good Nevada Wolfpack uh, team at five and four. So I I wouldn't count necessarily on five bids uh, from the the Mountain West. Four makes sense, which means CSU probably uh, still has some work to do. Although in um, uh, uh, Joe Lenardi's uh, bracketology, he does have uh, the Rams in there. So that, that is good. good. That and is anytime good. you beat Boise State, that's a good thing. You love any school. You are a any fan school. of Idaho and any school that's beating Boise, Boise State. Boise State, yeah. One, two, three. Uh, do we have time, Johnny, or do we need? No? Got to bring in Marquette? We can go. All right, here. Hey, uh, Travis, because we got to hear from Travis Kelsey. Sure. Oh, so proud of what the Chiefs did this year in turning their season around. I just love this team, man. I love uh, I love coming into work every single day with these guys, uh, men and women. It's just been an amazing. Uh, it's been an amazing journey up to this point. Um, and when you when you go through some ups and downs with people, you know, uh, and you make it through the other side, it's. It's a beautiful thing, man, and, and and you just want it that much more for the person next to you, knowing how much uh, how much work they put in, and uh, it's just um, you know this this year's has been its, its its own journey and had its own challenges, but I think it's really molded us into one of the best football teams I've ever been on. Oh, how sweet! Well, so is... when you were in that Kansas City Chiefs fan chat room last mm-hmm. night while you were waiting on the plane to fly to Vegas, uh, did you did you tell them how much you admire and actually like Patrick Mahomes and? Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I, I like, I buttered them up big time, big time, in hopes that they get a little soft, Mike. Just it, like a, a hockey player. Did they say anything the about? Tribute. Did they say anything about the the Broncos? Did their view of the Broncos come up? I'm just kind of curious. No. 
Well, you know, this iteration, is that's the right word of the Broncos, is not really that threatening. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, could, I figured. I could tell that back in the day, you know, yeah. they were intimidated by the Broncos when Elway was, you know, ruling the roost. But uh, right now, not really that yeah, much. I didn't yeah. think so. Oh, yeah. well. All right. Hey, get to work on it, Sean. Let's go. That's your hump now. That is your hump. It is, it is his hump. That'll do it for Four Down Territory. Our tour around the Denver sports scene. Up next, some really good Kyle Shanahan audio yesterday. As uh, It was a press conference. The, the whole worldwide media was there, but he spent a lot of time talking about the Broncos and his Bronco connections. And uh, you'll hear a lot of it coming up tomorrow. Uh, next. The power's out at our house. Ah, coffee table. But since our family has storm-ready Wi-Fi from Xfinity, we can stream or game in the dark. As I try and fill around for a seat. Ah, here we go. Oh, who moved the couch? Get storm-ready Wi-Fi only from Xfinity, so you can stay connected for up to four hours, even when the power goes out. Restrictions apply. Limited to customers within range of 4G LTE cellular signal. Speeds reduced to 30 slash 7 megabits per second. Actual speeds vary. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash stormready. Getting you set for the big game in Las Vegas. Here's Schlereth and Evans, presented by Smart Union Local 9 Sheet Metal Workers. on Radio Row. Yeah. And it goes without saying that it doesn't matter who would have come out of the NFC, we'd be rooting for that team to beat the Chiefs. As if you needed any more reason, I just happened to look over. We got ESPN get up in the morning on the uh, on the television. I see them flashing this uh, tease headline of what they're going to talk about coming up next. And it says, Will Mahomes become immortal with a win? I'm like, Ugh. Immortal. Immortal. Now we're talking about no. immortality. Yeah, he's still going to die. <laughs> oh, jeez. Eventually. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right? Well, he's not yeah. a superhero. I mean, no. Anything. I mean. <laughs> be, I mean. Eventually, yeah, death comes for us all. For us all. Right, right. Yeah. No, nobody is immune. Right, yeah. So yeah. nobody's immortal that, uh, that I know of. I, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You're not going to believe who I, ju- I just looked to my left, and you're not going to believe who I just saw with his iPhone recording a little video of himself. No, no. Yep. The B-Man? No, 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 no. no, no. Aviator sunglasses himself. No way. Yeah. Zo. Zo <laughs> So the the, the 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 joke there is that Scott Zolak, former NFL quarterback, mostly a backup. Um, he's uh, the Patriots uh, color commentator, and so um, you know with the Patriots at all those Super Bowls, all those years. You know he'd come rolling in. Now, in in fairness, I think he does have some sort of eye condition that. You know, requires him, but yeah. Let, let's let, not make fun. Let's let's, let's just just bypass that. Who cares? He still looks like a toolbox. 
<laughs> he does because right. he's rolling around with the sunglasses Dude, on. Dude, he looks like he goes. just came off the. He looks like he just came off the set of. Uh, What's that Flyboy movie with Tom Cruise? Uh, like, <laughs> Little Top Gun? Up, yeah, Top Gun. He just looks like he's got an aviator jacket yeah. on. Top Gun. Hey, just play some volleyball outside. Hey, hey. <laughs> it's the absolute. Oh, what a toolbox. Oh, gosh. Uh, that made my morning that right did. there. Well, give, right. please give him uh, my best. But anyway, yesterday yesterday was really cool because uh, as, as Bronco fans, you're, you're rooting for 49ers for mostly to beat the Chiefs, but how can you not love all the Bronco connections with Kyle Shanahan, with Christian McCaffrey? And I, I thought it was really cool yesterday. I was watching uh, Kyle's press conference, and uh, for, for somebody who's answering the, the country media, now worldwide media questions for about, I don't know, 13, 14 minutes, he spent about half the time talking about all of his uh, Bronco connections and, and growing up a... Son of a coach's kid. Being a coach's son, I was very fortunate to just be around it so much, especially at the NFL level. You know, my dad went to the NFL um, when I was four years old, so just being around it almost my whole life, you don't realize how much it helps you until you get in it, and you just realize a lot of the stuff you've been around, and it makes it a little easier. Yeah, a little bit more about uh, mm-hmm. growing up with Mike as his uh, dad. My dad's the best coach I've ever been around, and so to be around that good of one, I think also was a huge advantage for me. And um, I mean, he never was really training me to be a coach. He was just being my dad, and I mean, just the way he went about everything, just how direct he was with people, how honest he was with people, how hard he worked. Um, maybe that he didn't always like what he had to say, um, but he was going to tell you the truth. And just as a son and as someone you work with, uh, to me, that's all you can ask from people. What are some of the similarities you see between Mike and Kyle as a coach? I, th- I think I think the biggest thing and, and some of the big influence, and I've talked to Mike about this, just how your responsibility is to coach the coaches and coach the coaches in front of the players to make sure that we are all on the same page, to make sure that they understand that we're all in this thing together. And, uh, you know, and, and to basically even correct your coaches in front of your players to make sure that we are like we are together and then i think the thing that blows me away about both of those guys is the way they approach the game and you know some coaches tell you hey this is what we're going to do but they'll give you the this is what we're going to do this is why we're going to do it this is how we're going to do it this is the effect it will have and and then you go out and do it in a game, and it's it's exactly it just unfolds exactly like they said it would unfold, and it is remarkable the kind of confidence you get coming into a game plan when a coach says this is what we're going to do, and this is why we're going to do it, and um, you know and, and lay it out for you like that, and and so when they put something in and they put a, a play in or they put a series in or they put some type of you know nuanced you know counter to something you're doing you just have complete and total utter faith that that's what you're going to get and it's and it's damn it it's going to work also kind of funny Kyle laughing about the fact that uh, he's coaching Christian McCaffrey Son of one of his childhood idols. I was so close with Christian's dad growing up. I mean, he was the, him and Rod Smith were the two receivers on the Broncos when I was throughout high school trying to be a receiver. Those were the guys I tried to cut my shoes like, wear the same shoulder pads, um, meet him after school to run routes and do workouts throughout the summer, everything. So those are like, his dad was such a gym rat and just such a technician. And um, him and Rod taught me almost everything I know about playing, which gave me a chance to play. 
and uh, Kyle noticing some similarities between Christian and Ed. I also knew his dad and how psychotic his dad was with his work ethic and just attention to detail and that's what's been so neat uh, trading for Christian and actually getting to know him and just I feel like I'm watching Ed half the time. Um, Lisa the other half she had probably a little better personality which is in Christian um, but it's uh, it's it's funny how the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree and I'm sure they got some similarities watching me with my dad. Uh, one thing that's become very clear here over the last couple of days, uh, pretty much everybody uh, views Ed McCaffrey as being a psycho. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Ed was a psycho. <laughs> um, but we had a lot of those guys. You know, we had a lot of those guys that the attention to detail, and everybody had their own routine, right? But, you know, everybody was a, a psychopath in their own way. Um, and, yeah, honestly, it's, it's what led to championships. It was Rod never missing workouts, Ed, you know, being – Ed, it was, you know, sharp in his diet and the way he worked and like everybody was like we had a we had a, a locker room full of guys that were completely committed to their craft and not exactly the same way, you know, not exactly. They didn't all go about it the exact same way, but they were all um, psychotic in their dedication to to putting together a winning team and doing what they had to do to be great and you know it's it's cool to watch it's fun like for me on a sunday to go watch christian mccaffrey warm up like it is it's fascinating he's got a routine that dude is that they're special and you know and it's a lot like you know it's a lot like eddie and it's a lot like rod it's a lot like those guys coming up in what's trending a very prominent former nfl quarterback is a fan of russell wilson You'll hear who and what he had to say next. Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now. Stake live in Vegas on Radio Row. CBS made their game day broadcasters and uh, studio crew available yesterday to the media. Tony Romo, who played quarterback at Eastern Illinois, same school that Sean Payton played at. Uh, Also, it sounds like uh, in a Bill Parcells uh, biography a few years ago revealed details that how close the Saints were to trading for Romo while Parcells was still the head coach in Dallas. So with all that as your backdrop, shouldn't surprise you that uh, Tony Romo speaks often and recently with Sean Payton. Sean Payton was as instrumental as anyone in my career. And, you know, for Denver to get back, they're in a very difficult division. Jim Harbaugh coming in is going to make it even harder. You've got three incredible coaches and I think a fourth. I think Antonio Pierce is going to be great. When you when you uh, when you when you hear him say that he's a fan of of Sean Payton, I mean, how much stock do you put in that? Is is that something that hey they're, they're friends and you know he's going to say nice things about Sean or is there is there something real there? It's legit in that when you know Tony Romo speaks about Tony about Sean Payton, you listen. Yeah, no, I think you listen. I mean, I think if you're if you run in NFL circles, the respect that people have for Sean Payton as a coach. I'm not talking about the guy, right? There are some people that don't like Sean. You know, he can be abrasive. We've seen that. We've seen his, you know, comments about Nathaniel Hackett and everything else, and people got their panties in a wad over that. But, you know, the bottom line is, like, in NFL circles, Sean Payton is an absolute beast when it comes to coaching. And, 
you know, matching people up and, you know, out executing, out coaching people. So, yeah, no, I have, I, I, I'm, I'm with, with Tony Romo, man. When you talk to people, he's, he's a really damn good coach and, and he challenges, he challenges everybody he coaches against. Well, I'm glad you say that. And, and that's good to hear, but it, it only, I think, solidifies to me how really kind of lousy of a season he had coaching. I don't know if it was because he was off for a year or he just, because he just didn't click with Ross, it, it impacted all of his coaching. But I'm not going to lie, I expected more from him as a coach and certainly we'll be expecting a lot more next year. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think that trying to figure out, trying to figure out how to coach with and around Russ and I think there were I think there's a, a lot of things. You know, I, I think all that stuff is fair. Being off for a year, uh trying to figure out, like I said, with Russ and what you were gonna do and how you're gonna adjust the offense and understanding that there's things you wanna do that you can't do. Um, you know, also the receiving core and having injury, you know, to Tim Patrick early and I I, I mean there's a lot of little things, but yeah, that I expected them to be better than they were this year and um and they weren't and, and they've gotta improve. Well, speaking of Russell Wilson, uh, he still has a fan in Matt Ryan. Russ can still play. I mean, there's, at least in my opinion, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, whether it's there or not remains to be seen. But I think Sean, I mean, just from the decision that they made towards the end of the season, I think it's a hard relationship to, to repair, um, you know, be, between those two. Uh, and in that level of trust just will never be the same if they decide to, to keep him. No. That, well, they're, that, that's they're not, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But um, but I would think Matt Ryan, if anybody would understand why Sean Payton moved on from Russ, it would be somebody like Matt Ryan, right? Sure. Who, plays, who plays quarterback exactly the way Sean Payton would like his quarterback to play. Absolutely. And then there's a quarterback fraternity, right? You don't want to... True, you know, you true. Don't, so there's always... There's always that aspect of it, and and he's right. Russ can still play. He still moved around. He was still really good off schedule. He just wasn't very good on schedule. And you know, and 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 some of that is you know some of that is the offense, uh, obviously your receivers and and that stuff. But really, and, and I will always, I'll always, you know, I'll always revert back to this: is that dude takes too many sacks because he won't make a tough throw, and. That's if I was Sean, I wouldn't want him to be my De- define quarterback. A, define a tough throw. What do you mean? By well, that? like an anticipatory throw. Okay. Throw a guy open. If a guy looks covered, but you know it's it's going to come open to make that throw. Yeah, like it. You know to put it in a, to put it in a tough spot. And he would rather pull it, scramble around, you know, have a sight throw where somebody is wide open and let it eat. The problem with doing that is there are way too many times. You're all of a sudden in the drive, and it's and it's second down and 15 or second down and 17, and you you can't survive. You can't unless you have an all-world defense and you're creating a ton of turnovers like they did in that five-game winning streak. You can't survive that, and and ultimately, it's not as we know. It's like they did it for a while, but it's not a sustainable recipe for success. Well, don't worry, Chiefs Kingdom. 
Travis Kelsey is very focused on football and not you know who. I never wanted to to make the people in this on this team in the in the Kansas City Chiefs building feel like I wasn't focused on the task at hand, and that's winning football games. Knowing how much I I love this game, and I love coming into work and everything. So, uh, being able to juggle that and make sure everybody realizes my focus is is in the right uh, area, especially when I'm in the building and there's no distractions. I think that's been the biggest point. Okay, I'm gonna offer you, Mark, and all of Broncos country one of those like deal with the devil type things. Okay. Okay. You can have the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this Sunday. Uh-huh. And Jay, uh, Travis Kelsey retires. Okay. Or the Chiefs lose, but Travis Kelsey comes back next year. Oh, I'll take the Chiefs losing and Travis Kelsey coming back next year. <laughs> I figured that. Yeah. 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 Just Absolutely. don't want to get. You just don't want to get Travis Kelsey out of here. Get him just out of the mix. No, no. I mean, you know, eventually he'll slow down. He slowed down a little bit this year. Uh, I will say, you know, I talked at the beginning of the year, I talked to Matt Nagy, who's their offense coordinator, about Kelsey. And he said, you always got to you always got to take what coaches tell you with a grain of salt because they'll throw stats out there that are wrong most of the time. But, you know, they they come from a place where they're ish. You know, they use a lot of ish stuff like they're close ish. But he was like, hey, Travis Kelsey, since he came in the league, has a thousand more snaps, game snaps than any other tight end in the league. And the guy never misses practice. He like he is on target, and he sees the game like a quarterback, which we see all the time with his route running ability and how he adjusts routes and how he finds openings and all that kind of stuff. So, but from a work ethic standpoint, man, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody in Kansas City that won't tell you the guy is a phenomenal worker. Speaking of stats and analytics. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna love this one, Mark, because mm-hmm. Phil Sims is just like you. Yes, not an analytics guy. Well, it's not about gut and feel. It's about what I've learned, the experience of being in this game. So this game has nothing to do with so many other games that we've seen. Does that make sense? You know, when you can't run the ball for a friggin' yard, and all of a sudden it's fourth and one. Well, we're gonna get it this time. Well, what would make you think that? Oh, analytics says, well, you've missed it three times. I don't know. I'm making it up. Yeah. That the fourth time, you're guaranteed of making it. Get off my lawn! Mm-hmm. Old guys unite. Phil Sims. Yelling in the clouds. That's right. There's only one analytic, advanced analytic that I buy into and I live by, Mike. And that's the boo rating. Which is? Balls over opponent. That'll do it for What is Trending. Bring that to you each and every morning at 7.30. Up next, we celebrate a special 20-year anniversary. Also, also, uh, in all your games that you covered, the San Francisco 49ers, were you ever aware of this insult that's been said behind their back? That's coming up next. Getting you set for the big game in Las Vegas. Here's Schlereth and Evans, presented by Smart Union Local 9 Sheet Metal Workers. Live in Vegas from Radio Row. Get to the uh, text line here, Ramoslaw.com, text line 303-713-1043. Uh, we've got uh, Joel Klatt join us in about 25 minutes. Looking forward to that right after the DenverSports.com front page. This is from uh, Tucson Tim. Uh, what the heck is up with Stink's new catchphrase, let it eat? Listening to his Telestrator Tuesday yesterday, he must have used let it eat at least a half dozen times, and he just used it again. 
No, that's not a new catchphrase at all. That's a that's look like really that's a a baseball term. Really? So I, I oh yeah, baseball. I get yeah. with football. Let it eat. Let it go. Well, we have fastball. Let your fastball eat. Yeah, you let it eat. Like just, I mean, just wing it. Throw it hard. It's 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 a reference to throwing hard. Guys who can just run it up there to 100 miles an hour. You just let that thing eat. Oh yeah, that's a it's a huge baseball. I mean, I talk about you know my son's a pitching coach at Western Michigan, and and obviously had you know success pitching throughout high school and college and in into the pros. Um, yeah, that's a that's that's a a velocity term. That's why. That I mean, that's how I've always used. Do it. the Rockies I used have it in a, baseball? I used it in baseball way before, way describing baseball way before I ever talked about you know uh, a quarterback who who you know will throw it like that. I think the Rockies have enough pitchers who let it eat tonight. It didn't happen. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say well, they got some guys that throw hard, right? My guy, uh, Chad Andrus, uh, posted this yesterday. Uh, apparently, the uh, over-under for the all the baseball teams, they're out. Mm-hmm. Ooh. You want to take a guess? Ooh. Uh, Rockies ro- over-under. Over-under. Uh, 62. Close. Lower. Lower than 62, which 58? is 62 and 100, yeah. Uh, 58? 59 and a half. Son of a gun. <laughs> oh, wow. man. Oh, my gosh. Really? Oh, no. We suck again. Well, they've got, you know, I mean, they've got some good young players. I've seen one side. One side's got 60 and a half. But, but still, you're... You're talking about 100 losses. You could take the over and they still lose 100 games. Yeah. But, hey, come out to the ballpark. Shohei. Shohei's coming here with the Dodgers. Yeah. Red Sox will be here. You know? He'll be the Cardinals. Yes. Come see Nolan Arenado. Jeez, please. Uh, another one on the Rimeslaw.com text line from Jim. Uh, you guys know I'm not a uh, Sean Payton fan. And don't believe he did anything in his first year to get fans excited. But he's here at a steep price. So next season is a prove-it year as far as I'm concerned. It's much like Dion. If he has another bad season, then I'll be out on him getting it done in Boulder, as I will be with Sean getting it done in Denver. Well, what's your, I mean, what would you be, like with Dion, what would be your definition of a bad season? Because four wins for a team that wasn't projected like they won a game last year and was and was called the worst college football team of the 130 whatever teams there are like getting four wins and and getting the hype that you got and and some of the national attention you got was that a bad season? I don't, I don't think it was a bad season. I mean you didn't have a great record, but it wasn't a a bad season and you certainly have have built, you know, you you're, you're building something. From a Dolly listening Hello, Dolly. Uh, I have been listening to and watching baseball for over 70 years, and I've never heard the phrase, let it eat. (laughs) (laughs) Take that for data. You're the only one, Mark. (laughs) So, Dolly, Dolly's, how much time has Dolly spent in a Major League Baseball 
dugout or, you know, in the locker room. Probably not much. Just, probably not much. I don't know. I mean, I just. Although you maybe, know. you know, 70 years of baseball, maybe she was, uh, you know, played for the uh, League yeah. of Their Own team. I don't know. Maybe, who, she, who, maybe she did. Who, I don't know. Who knows? I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I've heard Verlander and. Let it eat. You know, and Max Scherzer and my son and, yeah. And, Let it eat, huh? Rick Purcello and. Okay. Oh, yeah, but you know what? I mean, I don't Delicious. know. So. Now, let Whatever. the big dog eat is a golf reference. We we hear that one all the oh time. Oh my gosh! You, now you guys are getting now you got now I'm, now I'm starting to get a little bit irritated. <laughs> Why? Because I'm comparing golf to baseball. No, 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 no. Just because just because you now you're like oh nobody's ever said that. Okay, well then if nobody's ever said that, I said it. So deal with it. <laughs> How about that? Okay. All right, all right. Good for you, fair man. enough, fair That's enough. Right. Wow, wow. Somebody got sensitive about the whole uh, let it eat. Yeah. No, wow. I just don't. I just don't. So, uh, it, in all your years of uh, not all your years, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. the last few years covering the uh, San Francisco 49ers, doing a number of 49er games, were you ever aware of them being called this? Ross Tucker, uh, former offensive lineman, now doing the whole podcast thing. I can see him right across, right across. He's right over there. I sit. All right. Well, okay. Go ahead. You can ask him about this. They gotta stop with the complaining all the time. I mean, it's Tuesday morning. We've already heard Nick Bosa complaining that the Chiefs tackles hold a lot. Now they're coming out and complaining about the field conditions for their practice conditions over at UNLV. I mean, there's a reason why people call them the 40 whiners. It's 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 annoying. And I know what Kyle, Kyle Shannon said last night, we're fine with it. No, 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 I know that game. You don't get to leak behind the scenes that you're not happy about the practice field conditions and then publicly say, no, it's fine. So... San Francisco's working at UNLV's facilities. Mm. The Chiefs get, the AFC, get the Raiders' facilities, which are glittering and state-of-the-art. So have you ever heard the 49ers referred to as the 40-winers? Uh, no. Uh-uh, I haven't. But uh, Fred Warner uh, complained about uh, there were no blueberry muffins. He said they're only poppy seed muffins, and he had heard that the Chiefs had uh, banana walnut muffins or banana nut muffins. So he was he was pissed about that. So um, obviously I think tongue-in-cheek. But the practice facility thing is big. Like I never really thought about it because I was always in the – I was always in a city that – that represented the you know the conference that I played for. So in Minnesota we got the Vikings facilities, in San Diego with the Chargers facilities, and in Miami we got the Dolphins facilities. So I never really thought about what the other teams were in and how they were functioning because we got, you know, we got the state of the art stuff. So maybe that's a huge advantage cuz yeah, I've heard, you know, I've heard the complaints about the field like that. UNLV's field, and I've been over there because, you know, I helped out with that UNLV program when my son went to UNLV for one year. So I was helping out with the football program a little bit when I'd come in on the weekends. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a, uh, one of those field turf, you know, with the little rubber bubbles and our little rubber pieces and stuff. And apparently they put grass over the top of it. The NFL put it, sawed over the top of it and, and made it a sawed field. And they have complained about it being soft and maybe coming up a little bit. So, um, that's a real, I mean, that's a concern. There's no, there's no question it's a concern. So when you were consulting with the UNLV football team, did you, uh, tell the coach to remind his quarterback to let it eat? 
you are, Dick. Uh, yeah, I, I, no, I wasn't. I wasn't actually consulting with the quarterbacks. No, I was. I was dispensing okay. justice. You know, in the in the trenches. Text of the day comes from Mason of Aurora. Is it uh, just me, or did the Broncos let Russ eat too much in his first year here? That's a good call. Actually, he it's may have left. He may have eaten a little too much. A little too much. As as much spice though. As spice is supposed to, you know, ratchet up your internal core temperature so you lose some weight, not gain it. Finally, twenty years ago, yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, this movie oh, still gives me goosebumps whenever I hear this. This movie was released twenty years ago yesterday. Their time is done. It's over. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Oh, oh, the movie Miracle released 20 years ago. I, I, I know there are a lot of great, like... Speeches, sports yeah. speeches in movies, right. but I don't know if you will find one better um, than Kurt Russell uh, in 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 that movie in the locker room before the Miracle on Ice game. Oh, oh, I got chills thinking about it. That is that is that is awesome. What was what? it? Herb Herb Brooks. Herb right? Brooks. That's right. Herb Brooks. Man. Just. What a great movie. In fact, in fact, uh, it got me thinking. Okay. And this, this might be a little difficult because I'm throwing this right at you. But I, I, I put together, and this is a tough one, tough list. Anybody doing this along while you're you're listening, try, try to do it. But your top five all-time sports movies. Does Miracle make the top five? It does for me. Oh, I, I, of all-time sports All-time sports movies. My top five in descending order, number five. Got to throw. I got to put a Rocky movie in there. Rocky two is always my favorite. So well, I went well, Rocky it two. It was Rocky yeah. two. Rocky huh? two was yeah. Uh, okay. Number four, Tin Cup. Love oh. Tin Cup. Okay, yeah. Love Tin yeah. Cup. Uh, number three was Miracle. Okay. Number two, Bull Durham. Okay. And my number one favorite sports movie of all time. Ooh, wait, wait, wait. Can let you guess me guess. It? Let me guess. Number one has got to be uh, Field of Dreams. No. Uh, Angels in the Outfield. No. Um, Sandlot. No. Um, Wrong sport. Okay. Uh, oh, 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 uh, Tropic, uh, Tropic, uh, <laughs> Jackie Moon. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. Okay. I'll make it. I'll make it. I'll make it. Hoosiers, come on! Oh, Jimmy Chitwood in the final. You know they Jimmy call the timeout, and Gene Hackman's there. Coach Dale, he's calling up the drawing up the play, and they're gonna run the 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 decoy with Jimmy. And Jimmy, everybody stands back, and they don't yeah. like the call. And he's like, "What? What? What?" He's like, "I'll make it. I'll make oh. Jimmy Chitwood." Wow. So anyway, wow. those are my those are my top five. Uh, feel free to uh, debate. Who did I, what did I leave? Water, you missed Waterboy. Nah, no, 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 no. You, who, uh, there are a lot of tough ones uh, to leave out. You, I mean, tons of tough ones. Some happy great Gilmore. Sports. Happy Gilmore. Left that one out. Okay. Field of Dreams. Um, mm-hmm. The Natural. Um, yeah. There can only be five. Major League. There can, uh, Major League. I watched that the other day. We're going to need a live chicken. 
<laughs> Don't give me any of that old lame. <laughs> I mean, I was somebody. I'm watching my my son. It was 17. Mm-hmm. He's watching, it and he just he got he was getting so annoyed with me because I kept saying the lines before they right. came out. You know. Guess there's only one thing left to do. Do window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.